Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Colts cast. Hoping everyone is enjoying their 4th of July weekend. My name is Eric Smith, co-host of the Colts cast. Alongside me, as always, I have co-host Jamal Lawrence here. What's up? We are here to talk about everything and anything Indianapolis Colts. Make sure to hit that follow or subscribe button so you can be notified on every new episode. Please be sure to follow us on Twitter at the Colts cast and on Instagram at Colts cast. Not only will you see new episodes on there, but you will see updates from us, polls we run, highlight videos, and hot takes we tweet. Again, that's at the Colts cast on Twitter and at Colts cast on Instagram. Jamal, I ain't even got to ask. Let's get, let's talk some Indianapolis Colts. Let's get it. You already know. You already know. Uh, I ain't going to ask you today. <laughs> well, let's kick it off, man. Let's kick it off. You know, we got training camp coming up here soon. A couple weeks away. It's what, uh, July 4th weekend. Training camp starts uh, the 27th of July. So that's the Wednesday. So we got one, two, three, just under, uh, just over three weeks away. It's exciting times. Exciting times. We have a lot of good players. Everybody can be back in the building. And I just wanted to kind of give a quick overview for all of our listeners out there who may be in the Indianapolis area or even traveling up this way for vacation or anything during that time. Guys, we have 16 practices uh, that are going to be available to the public. Tickets are free. F-R-E-E, free. All you got to do is just go on to uh, Colts.com. You can look under the events tab and you'll see training camp. And you click the get ticket button, it'll take you directly to Ticketmaster. Tickets are free, so you can log in for that. And on there, you'll see all the dates um, of all the practices. Most of them are going to be, all the ones during the week are going to kind of be in the morning, 10.30 a.m. to 2 p.m. Um, so that's kind of, they'll have things going on in between 10 and 12 before practice starts. But they also have a couple weekend ones. We have a Saturday and we're going to have a Sunday one where that'll be more in the evening. So I'm sure there'll be a lot of people out there. Not to mention, we're going to have a couple joint practices with the Detroit Lions. Those are going to be on Wednesday, August the 17th, and Thursday, August the 18th, uh, kind of leading to that preseason game for us. So that'll be interesting. Check it out on their website. A lot of good things coming in for the training camp. And like I said, guys, tickets are free. They've already confirmed that autographs are going to be back this year. So you can break some, take some gear out there, hopefully get a couple pictures and get some autographs. I know I'll be out there uh, going to a couple of them as well. So excited for it and ready to talk about everything that's going on. So be on the lookout for that. Any questions, like I said, Colts.com or even send us a comment. and We can definitely answer any questions for you. I unfortunately won't be out there. Uh, Sorry. I, live in, I live in South Carolina. I'll, <laughs> I'll be I'll be there in spirit. That's right. But yeah, it's free. If you live in the Indianapolis area, please go out there. Support the team. See what's going on. Let us know your observations. We we want to mm-hmm. know. Um, but yeah, training camp. What is training camp, Jamal? Essentially two a days. Essentially, yeah, yeah. Two immense practices going on. Uh, per the collective bargaining agreement, the first three days, I believe, is zero contact. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they ramp up their intensity. Days four and five, they allow practice to be full speed. Uh, so helmets, light practice gear, stuff like that. Day six, mandatory, mandatory day off. Day seven, uh, I think it's full pads, full pads. But like you were saying, I think rookies report three days earlier. Correct. Yeah, they should be on the 23rd or the 24th, I believe. Yeah, and veterans report, I, I guess, 26 or 27. Mm-hmm. Yep, and training camp will run for about a month. Um, our first preseason game is against the Bills on the 13th. I'm super excited about that. Um, uh, 
You know, we're about 66 days, 67 days away from NFL kickoff. Colts football will be back. Fantasy football, Sunday parties. Just everything, man. Everything football, college football, everything. Oh, yeah. But Jamal, let's get into some training camp topics. Let's do it. Look, I need to know, what what do you think Kenny Moore is going to do in training camp? Is he even going to show up to mandatory training camp? Man, that's a, that's a tough question, you know, especially we look in the past, some of these big names, Ezekiel Elliott's, Stephon Gilmore, these guys who've set out in the past for training camp. Times are a little bit different back then when they were doing it. And I'm going to tell you why I think he's going to show up. For one, he loves the Colts, man. He wants to be here. He's made that clear. He showed up to OTAs. Uh, he didn't do anything, but, he, you know, he was there. There is a $50,000 fine for each day he doesn't show up. Each day he misses. $50,000. Now, if you tell me, I know we're in the, you know, we're in the negotiation stage trying to get a new contract, but I'm not trying to lose 50 G's a day. <laughs> so <laughs> that's going to weigh heavy, you know, now it may be something where maybe that new contract will be worth it. That'll be pocket change to him. But I got to be a, real, a realist here. If I know I'm Kenny Moore and that much money is coming out of my pocket per day, that may kind of sway my decision a little bit. So do I think to answer your question, will he be there? Yes. Will he be participating? I know that's still up in the air. Chris Ballard seems really, really set on not, you know, changing the contract. He's made that pretty clear. But I won't be surprised if something is under the works and it pops up here in the next two, two and a half weeks. Maybe, maybe, like I said earlier in an early episode, maybe incentives. Maybe incentives. That may be the way to kind of help it out because he he signed his contract a few, three years ago. It was his choice to sign it at that time. And I know it's super hard now because we're at a point where every the, with inflation, all these all these new contracts are getting inflated. Everybody's getting these crazy high dollar contracts. So of course, on paper, his contract now doesn't look too great. Although when he signed it, he was the highest slot cornerback. But how does it pan out three years later? I think that makes it a little tough, but I think he will show up. And I, I do think that we may have something in the works for him in the next two and a half weeks. What about you? Yo, Kenny Moore doesn't like when you call him a slot cornerback. We should we should probably stop using that term. He doesn't You're like right. that. We'll take that. Well, he wants to just be known as the cornerback, one of the best cornerbacks. Okay. But that's just what he said. Um, look, Kenny Moore only makes around eight point three million a year. I believe he is underpaid. By how much depends on who you ask. <sighs> uh, I think Kenny will make a statement by not showing up mm. at least the first day. Okay, just to say he really about it. Yeah, he'll get fined fifty G's because I think it's mandatory. They yeah they don't get to choose. They they have to find him. So. Will the Colts fold in the end? Or will they end up giving him the extension? You know? Or will they just call his bluff? I don't know. That's tough, man. I kind of think, I kind of agree with you. They they might have something that works right now. And they might give it to him in the next few weeks. That's also, that That's a very real possibility. But yeah, if Kenny Moore doesn't show up, how many days would Moore be willing to not show up? It's definitely something to keep an eye on. Because he wants to play here. We we all know that. He just wants to get his money like any great player would. Mm-hmm. But I'm 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 banking on him holding out. I don't know. I'm, I'm taking the under on this one. 
Honestly, I wouldn't knock him if he did. I, I, I cannot flex. I can't be mad if he, like you said, if he, he wants to show that he's really about it and he said it out that first day, I'm not mad. I really am not mad because, like you say, he deserves it. He deserves it. So, yeah. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. Now, next one here for us. Let's talk about the linemen for a minute, more specifically the offensive linemen. Eric, will Bernard Raymond be a starter this season? And if so, what position do you think? We'll be back after a quick break. If, if you look really well at the revenues of the different clubs and so on, like AC Milan uh, has had uh, a kind of dark time of uh, around the yeah. decade, right? You know, we, we kind of, uh, 15 years ago, we were leveled with Man United in terms of revenues. Uh-huh. Uh, Madrid and Barca, right? Sure. Like they've all taken off. They've all really developed commercially. AC Milan kind of stayed pretty much flat in terms of revenues until like three years ago, the new kind of leadership team came on board and started looking at things in a, in a, in a different way. So we also acknowledge, you know, we, we, we have a lot to do, uh, a lot. Dang. <sighs> so there are three spots that's, it's already locked up on the offensive line. Mm-hmm. Unless those players got abducted by aliens right now. <laughs> or pigs starting flying. Any any absurd event. But those three would be Quinn Nelson, Braden Smith, and Ryan Kelly. That's already cemented in. I don't see any of those spots, you know, unless a horrific injury happens. So that leaves the other two spots that are kind of up for the taking. So Matt Pryor and Danny Pinner. I think they start if NFL kickoff was today. This is one of the battles we should be that you know top three to watch in training camp when it does start. But I just think experience goes a long way here. Um, just for those starters, Danny Pinner and Matt Pryor. You know, Raymond is like we're we're hyped for him, but I think he's very raw right now. You know, he played tight end mostly in his in his football career. Like he he's got a year and a half at left tackle, but he played at Central Michigan, which is the Mid American Conference. One and a half years at left tackle in the Mid American Conference, you know, to me isn't screaming NFL ready player year one. To me, so for now, I I I got to give it to Pinter and Pryor. You know, it's we're, we're recording right now. That's that's who I'm giving the starter starting role to down the road maybe maybe even after some some training camp sessions maybe we see something in him but right now i'm I'm, i I can't say he's gonna be a a starter week one i gotta be honest man you took the words right out of my mouth i was thinking the exact same thing like you said time isn't there playing the uh the mac conference you know you don't there's not a lot of big competition out that way not knocking him at all because he was one of the most athletic tackles in the draft uh got oh, yeah. that drafted it was the eighth tackle out of 27 total so i mean definitely we think highly of him but i just don't think he's ready to be a starter here at this point i hope to be surprised by the end of training camp but i'm with you on board if we were to start today i i think he i think he's on the sideline right now his potential is higher than those two but he's just just raw right now. Just raw. Mm-hmm. That's not a knock on him. It's just no. Yeah, he he's not there. Will Mo Ali Cox be the starter, or will another tight end come in and take over Jamal? Mm. This one here is I'm excited for man. I'm excited for this one. <laughs> Listen, 
we know, everybody knows, everybody loves Jack Doyle, you know, hometown kid. He was great for us. Great run blocker. Great run blocker. Good catcher, but a great run blocker. Right. And I emphasize that because Mo Ali Cox is a great catcher, but a good run blocker. And in this system, it's going to be hard. We need somebody who can go out there and be able to run block. I don't even think there's a competition between Jelani Woods and, and Granson. I don't think that's anything at all. Guaranteed by the end of training camp, Jelani will be ahead of him. I, I know that for sure. Woo. No question. He's going mm. to third. Hot take? Hot A. Hey, guaranteed hot it's, take. Uh, man, it's <laughs> yeah. hot in here, boy. Yeah. Now, where it's going to get hasty for us is, is Mo Alley Cox going to be able to step up and keep his spot. And I think this is where it's going to get rough because we look at Jelani Woods, man. We already know this guy is a freak of nature. 6'7", 265. Before uh, going to Virginia, he was a tight end at Oklahoma State. But before he was a tight end at Oklahoma State, he was actually a quarterback, man. And I didn't – I was doing some research on him. And I didn't realize this, but he was a quarterback at first. And he was making – they were they were making fun – not making fun, I should say. They were reenacting another tight end on the field. And he did such a great job at reenacting the tight end. The coaches asked him to switch to tight end. And he did that same day. So he went from being a quarterback to tight end same day and took off. So yeah. after his first year, you know, out there, he decided to transfer to Virginia where he balled out. Again, like I said, 6'7", 265. While he was out there, uh, you know, he played um, – he scored eight touchdowns which is the fourth among all tight ends in the country. So he's up there elevating. And he's also a great line, or excuse me, run blocker. We know he is athletic freak. And the reason why I think that he's, I shouldn't, he's a really good run blocker. She's not a great, let me, let me take that back. I don't want any hot takes on that. He's a good run blocker. But what I like most about him when I think about Matt Ryan is he was a quarterback before he was a tight end. So he kind of understands the flow, what he's looking for in the players. And I think that's going to help him out tremendously. Mo Ali Cox, there's not the only the only knock against him is he was a basketball player for VCU before he uh, got drafted, which is great because he's not afraid to go out for the ball. But does he possess all the football skills that someone like Jelani Woods will? And that's where I think that's where the discrepancy is going to be for them. I think that. Jelani will come out and he will he will try he will be a great receiver. I'm not I'm not doubting that at all. I think that he may grasp the run game, the run blocking game a little better or not even so much that he will fully grasp it, but he'll be more committed to it again because there's no knock against Molly Cox. But all jokes aside, whenever we knew there was going to be a you know a true run and play, Jack will go back on the field. So Mo didn't necessarily have to take on all those blocks every single week. So now we're at a point where we need somebody who can be that guy. And we know how much Matt Ryan loves his tight ends. Oh, no yeah. matter who's out there, he's gonna make he's gonna elevate it. So I don't care whether it's whether it's Mac or Woods, whoever's out there is gonna get is gonna he's gonna elevate them. But I think if Jelani can come out and show that he can be a really good run blocker, the spot is up for grabs for him. I think it is. Hey, you're really high on Jelani. I, I like am, it. <laughs> I really like it. Uh, one quick note about him playing quarterback. Mm -hmm. I want to see him introduced into, you know, maybe a trick play this year. Ooh, yeah. Maybe they put him in motion somehow and, you know, gets the ball. 
looks like a jet sweep, but why would Woods run a jet sweep? Mm-hmm. Does it down the field? I, I don't know. Make it tricky. He can throw the ball. He can. But I'm going to say Mo Ali Cox will be the starter. Okay. One thing you do have to remember, and you were just touching on, our offense is primarily built around the run game. Once that's pumping and flowing, I think everything else will be easier. Like you said, Molly Cox, I think he was good as a run blocker. I You saw him a lot with Jack Doyle out there when they had two tight ends out there uh, when they're running the ball. I, I think he did do well. Um, Woods does obviously have the athleticism and physicality to be a dominant tight end. But another raw player, in my opinion, he, he – he can be so great. It's just I don't think his blocking skill is 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 there yet. I know you were saying you you do think his blocking is 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 up to par. Well, I I I I retracted my great because I threw a great out there and I shouldn't have put it out there. I, I bumped that down to good. I'm not gonna say he is NFL level, but I think that his his football IQ is higher than Mo Ali Cox, so he'll transition better into that block and roll, in my personal opinion. Well, I hope so, because a lot of scouting reports had had his run blocking skills as a weakness. Mm. But stuff like that is correctable. You can't correct someone from being undersized or slow. Mm -hmm. But we know Woods has that raw talent. It's there. It's just we have to basically craft him into a dominant tight end. So I'm excited for Woods just like you. You could be right, though. He might start. He might show out in training camp. I don't know. But what I do know is Molly Cox was a contributing factor to our Russian offense last year. And that can't go unsaid. He mm-hmm. he does block pretty well. Probably not as good as Doyle, but you know, I I, I think he's right now. <sighs> I mean, I guess with tight ends, you can you can use a multitude of them. So, I I guess Molly Cox will be the starter, but Woods is probably going to get in. Oh, I could good number like of it. snaps. Yeah. All right, Jamal. If Paris Campbell is injured, do we try to resign Ty in training camp? Next, no, I'm just kidding. Um, do we want him <laughs> even if Campbell is not injured? Man, that's a loaded question because I I straight up said I didn't want T.Y. back for a multitude of reasons and it's nothing against yeah. him as a player, but it's just time that we move on. So, so let's start. Let's take it from the top. So you said Paris Campbell is injured. Do we re-sign T.Y., correct? Yeah. If Paris Campbell is injured. So I got a question before yeah. you even start this because this is your question. Do you actually think Campbell is going to get injured in training camp? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> honestly, man, on, I don't, I can't with a straight face say no. See, that is just horrible thinking because if we think he's going to get injured before week one, I am, I am distraught right now. I, <laughs> I don't know how to look at our wide receiver core because I know, it, I know. this is such a bad. It's not a bad question. It's it just looks bad on Campbell. <laughs> it's just it, it does. And you know, and and honestly, that's where it gets so hard. And I, I swear, I hope he does not get hurt. Training camp, preseason, regular season, tying his shoes. I don't hope he doesn't get injured at all. Oh <laughs> but you three out of three years, we've had issues, bro. Three out of yep. three years. That that's that's what scares me. 
And and I know and like and I know it has to be demoralizing as a as a player, you know. I mean, because like again, like we said, these aren't just little baby injuries. Some of the, when you break something, I mean, some of that stuff is out of your control. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's really unfortunate. And I can only imagine like the mental take it takes on you, especially knowing that he's in an organization where we don't Colts don't usually like kick you to the side. I would. I think in my like in my opinion, if this was a Patriots or or maybe, you know, maybe a Rams or somebody like that, would they have just dropped? Would they have figured a way to get rid of them, you know, by now? I think that we definitely try our best to look after our players and, and keep them going. But I almost feel like Frank Reich's kind of at the end of his rope with him as well, just based off some of the interviews he's talked about, hey, you know, it's time to step up or step out, basically. So I think that it's a little bit of frustration from everybody. Uh, and again, I can imagine Paris Campbell has to be the most frustrated of all of it because it's his career. It's his body. Um, but it scares me. I, I, I can't just the same way we've talked about the Jaguars with us losing down there so often. I can't I can't sit here with a straight face and say that Paris Campbell is not going to get injured again this year because statistically it's going to happen. I hope it doesn't. But statistically, it's going to happen. Yeah, uh, dog, if he can't make it through training cramp, <laughs> I'm going to just tell you right now, we need to sign a veteran receiver to help yeah. out. Yes. Colts and, Nation. And, oh, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Colts Nation is going to drill me for this, but our wide receiver core, it's already suspect. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Can we Can we at least admit it's probably in the bottom half? Yeah, of the NFL. Yeah, we're 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 hoping on a prayer that Alec Pierce is everything we want him to be. Plus oh yeah, well you know that hasn't proven himself yet though. Yeah, ex- but right exactly. now on paper, what we have right now, bottom half. Mm-hmm. Michael Pittman Jr. would be our only proven receiver mm-hmm. on our team. Sadly, Alec Pierce is a rookie, yet to be seen. High expectations for him. Campbell can't stay healthy. T. Y. Hilton gone for now mm-hmm. don't know if he's coming back looks like he's gone though yeah uh zach pascal gone mm-hmm. so hilton pascal um i believe they had the second and third highest snap count i believe behind Pittman. who else would i, I think that was that was them <laughs> yeah out of all the wide receivers now they're gone so that means we have ashton doolin we saw less than 30% of the overall snap count. Not really proven. Mike Strawn, Desmond Patman, unproven. I it's yeah. just it it's scary to look at that and say, yeah, our wide receiver core is, is gonna blow it out the water this year. I, I don't I want it to happen. It's just uh unproven, unproven. So the, I'm sorry to move Naheem Hines to a wide receiver. Which might be a good thing. But I, yeah, I'm sorry to be a party pooper. It's just, yeah. I'm trying to be realistic here. Like, if Campbell does get hurt, like, this is a huge mm-hmm. issue mm-hmm. that we need to all be aware of. But yeah, yeah because it makes it, it takes us right back to one dimension. Not that, and I shouldn't say that we were fully one dimensional last year, but essentially we were one dimensional, you know, when it mattered most. We knew JT was going to get the ball. So if he goes down, you know, and, and Pierce isn't, again, I don't expect him to come out and have a, crazy crazy rookie season i expect i hope he has a good one 
I, I don't even I don't I don't even necessarily want to go as far as saying he's I don't want to have a great one because I don't want to you know set the expectation too high. Especially Pierce, know, yeah, yeah, Pierce. Yeah. So if he has a mediocre, you know, a, a good to low level year, and then we have a hurt Pierce Campbell and and a good MPJ, we're back to one dimensional with with JT on the field. We'll be back after a quick break. Do you love running? Do you dream of running on a forested trail or a crowded road race? Martha Runs the World podcast is the place for you. We are about running for runners. We bring you running wisdom and inspiring stories every week. Listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast player. Yeah, and I want to take some pressure off of him. I know he's mad when that box is stacked. 11 players mm-hmm. just waiting. <laughs> ready to try. Yeah, <laughs> waiting for him. I know he's mad at that. So let's yeah. let's let's set up the pass with the run game. Let's let's I I want to be a balanced offense going forward. Maybe even a little bit more pass heavy cuz that's what the NFL is nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess in a roundabout way, you know, again, if we're gonna get if we're gonna get Ty back, I would like to see it's for a mutual agreement of a lower contract to where we are not gonna pass up on some uh, another veteran receiver that could benefit us a little bit more. Um, and I guess the second part of the question, where do we want him? Even if Campbell is not injured, honestly, if he's not injured and we have our core three plus Naheem as kind of a as a running back slash receiver. I'm okay if T.Y. is not back. Again, I, I don't necessarily want it to be a we need to keep him on the squad because of who he is, the history, the legacy, blah, blah, blah. If he wants to come out here and take a mediocre, con- you know, a fair mediocre contract with us, because I would assume with a full three starters out there, he wouldn't get a whole lot of snaps. It would probably go down significantly. Um, we would definitely just want to make sure we're we're not shooting ourselves in the foot. What about you? Yeah, I want Paris Campbell to be healthy, so yeah. I th- I think we're good. Unless y'all get my boy Julio Jones. What's up? I need that. That's what I need. Mm. Jamal, who wins the kicker job? Jake Verity or Rodrigo Blinkenship? Another tough one. <laughs> this is hard because kickers have been some of the most important people uh, over the past, I don't know, 23 years for the Colts. Um, throughout the entire Peyton Manning reign, Andrew Luck, into Philip Rivers, Carson Wentz, uh, Matt Ryan, so on and so forth. Kickers have been important for us. We're talking about we've had two kickers since 99 who just kind of ran the show. Mike Vanderjack, who uh, Peyton called the, quote, idiot kicker, unquote, <laughs> for for a couple uh, for a couple different reasons. And then, Dang. of course, <laughs> one of the greatest kickers of all time, Adam Vinatieri. Um, but. I bring up Mike Vanderjack because although he was kind of uh, he 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 ran his mouth a lot and off the field he was kind of a loose cannon man Eric he he was he was good when they needed to when they needed him to be oh yeah and actually out of I don't know if you know this but out of there only been three kickers ever three kickers to have not missed a field goal the entire season. He's one out of three. He had 42 consecutive field goals from 2002 to 2004. 
and he had a perfect season where he went 37 for 37. That's pretty wow. good. That's yeah. really good. Yeah. 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 Only two other kickers have done that. So I say that because we have been kind of always caught up in the lap of luxury with kickers. Again, we do we even need to start on Adam Vinatieri's decorated career from him winning Super Bowls with the Patriots to then coming with us first year with us gets a Super Bowl. He actually broke Mike Vanderjack's record for a consecutive field goals made in a season. He had 44 um, in the 2015 and 2016 season. So needless to say, we've been spoiled by two kickers for the past 23 years. Or I shouldn't say 23 because we haven't had Vinatieri since 2019. So 20 years. Um, yeah, and and that's kind of when the demise of Adam and Terry started. He started missing kicks later on, so on and so forth. So we picked up this undrafted free agent from Georgia, who killed it while he was at Georgia, especially his last year. He had a couple records there by the name of Rodrigo Blankenship, the Specs, and he was doing pretty good for us his rookie season. But it started in his sophomore season with us here last year, where he kind of went down he had a hip injury during week five uh preseason injury against the ravens and he missed it the rest of the season with that and it was just kind of a, a huge fluke um because the last thing a kicker wants i mean you know obviously that their bread and butter is kicking and getting hurt in a preseason game or excuse me getting hurt in a pregame warm-up is the worst thing that can happen to you uh so i know that definitely took a toll on him and of course with that with him not playing the entire season, we had to figure out what was the next thing for us to do. So he picked up a kicker by the name of Jake Verity. Verity, um, I think back in February, he signed a contract, a futures contract with us saying at the end of the season, he would come on over to us. Um, and he is now our kicker, another undrafted free agent, but he came from East Carolina University and he played his first year under the Ravens. Uh, he was behind Justin Tucker, you know, of course, one of the... Uh, greatest kickers in NFL yeah, history. I was going to say. Yeah. yeah. You ain't so starting he, he, in front of him. Exactly. I mean, he was on the practice squad. He he did a lot of the preseason kicks for them. And this kid has a cannon. I mean, he has he holds the record in Georgia when he was in high school. He hit a 63-yard field goal. So, that's pretty wild. He's not the most accurate kicker, but he has a, he has a cannon. And so I'll be honest with you, I don't know a lot about the kicking position, so I don't know how hard it is to correct accuracy. Um but if if they if there is the possibility to correct that and you know with the boot he has, he could be a potential uh great kicker. Now, where I kind of want to talk about Blankenship for us, you know, he's played 21 total games, he's hit 43 of the 51 field goals, so 84.3%, and 50 out of 53 extra points, so 94.3%. And of course, as we know, some of these other stats for the older kickers, it's a little hard because of course the extra point was a little closer. Now it's farther away. But the biggest thing that scares me with Blankenship is six of his eight misses uh, for field goal attempts have come from 40 yards or more. And I know you can't just say like, oh, man, that's that's the end all be all. But six of eight is a very high percentage of miss from out of that 40 yard window. And, you know, nonsense aside, we're in a day and age where kickers are putting up 45, 50 or 55 yarders. You know, we we're not always going to be able to make it with them. 30 yards for a, a chip shot field goal. So we have to be consistent. We have to be able to get that. And it's not a knock on him, but what scares me the most is if his hip is not all the way back in place for us, there's a chance Jake Verity can come in here and steal the show. 
especially if he can show that he can be accurate to yeah. some extent with with these you know these kind of distant kicks. So I think it's up for grabs. I, I do believe that Rodrigo is number one. No matter what, he will be number one until he gets beat. So good news for him is he's he's in a competition with himself is the way I look at it. He has to he has to come out there and win himself. He's not playing from behind, but it can be really interesting. I agree with you. It's uh, yeah, I, I have nothing to argue with you here. Um, Rodri- Rodrigo's Blankenship's job is his to lose. Just like you, I'm I'm a little worried about that hip. I it had to be, you know, for a kicker that that's a very important part to get to get injured with. But um, he was one of the best kickers in college. I hated him in college. He played at Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> South Carolina fan here. Um, he made every extra point attempt in college. It's his, wild. His four years, I think, hundred percent. That might not sound crazy just because, you know, these kicks are like 20, 25 yards out, but he did it every single time. Not a lot of kickers can say that. That's really good. Jake Verity's college stats don't really compare to Blankenship stats. I think you were pointing out earlier. I think Verity was brought on to compete. You know, make sure mm. Blankenship is is there. You know, he's he doesn't get complacent. Also, because he got hurt. It's an insurance policy. That's how I look at it. Uh, yeah, just like you said, he he's the number one guy right now. He has the ability to do it. He did it in college. Let's see him do it in the NFL. But also, Verity's there just in case. Can't argue with that. Last up for us, who needs to make the biggest impact in training camp? Matt Ryan. Ooh. Nah, let me stop. <laughs> Nah, he didn't. He, he, <laughs> he don't need to do that. But for real, I'm going with Alec Pierce. Okay. We were just touching on our wide receiver core, bottom half. I I would even argue it's probably bottom 10. I, I'm being serious, God. It, Colts fans, I you might not all know this, but non-Colts fans, they tell me about it all the time. I got a friend who says, who Matt Ryan going to throw it to? I'm like, Michael Pittman Jr. He says, who else? I'm like, damn. Don't put me on the spot like that. It's disrespectful. <laughs> but it is a fact. We have an unproven wide receiver core. Now we just used our first pick in this in this uh, year's draft. We used it on a wide receiver named Alec Pierce. I think there's a lot of pressure on him, in my opinion. <sighs> there's just high expectations for him right now. Everyone's talking big about him from OTAs, minicamp. Just his demeanor on the field. And he's slotted in as a wide receiver, too, next to Pittman. Some have even called him Jordy Nelson 2.0. Big shoes, big shoes, man. That's a big name to live up to. He needs to show Colts Nation what he's about in training camp. I want to see him dominate down the field. I want to see him elevate our passing game to a force of nature. I want to see returns on investment for using our second-round pick on him. Can he be that guy, Jamal? I really want him to contend for Offensive Rookie of the Year. I want him to – there's a lot of things I want out of him. But, yeah, I want him to be that huge downfield threat with explosiveness. But I believe he has to make the biggest impact in training camp and probably for the rest of the year. Hey, that's compelling, man. I like that. I don't even want to read mine off now. <laughs> Shoot. I, I, full, I, I agree. I agree. And, you know, the Offensive Rookie of the Year, he got big shoes to fill. He does. I'm excited for it, and, and I think you brought some great points. Uh, mine is just a little different. Um, I actually did two. 
So, and and I'll tell you why, because one's a player and one's a group. My player, and I think you could probably take a wild guess if you've been listening this entire time, but it's going to be Jelani Woods. Hey. Simply because you know, he has a chance to come in here and take over the spot based off of size and athleticism. Again, freak of nature, just an animal. And I think that with Matt Ryan's history, and I said this earlier, with Matt Ryan's history at tight ends, no matter who's there, they're going to excel. But I think a young Jelani Woods, I don't know. I just I just read so much good hype about him from Frank Wright to Chris Ballard leaving the game after he played the Bills to driving down to driving down to Pittsburgh to watch him play. And it's just like, I mean, we just came off one of the biggest wins ever. Jonathan Taylor had the, the Russian touchdown, the, the record, five touchdowns, 180-something yards rushing, and Ballard's on his driving down to Pittsburgh to watch Jelani Woods play. And you know Ballard's got an eye for talent. Exactly. So I don't know, man. Just something about that has just made me think that this is, is up for grabs for him. So I, I really want to see him come out and, and make a big impression um, during training camp. And then number two for me is going to be defensive line defensive line as a unit i i know that each player will come out and do their own little thing but i want to see if they can start firing on all cylinders over these next four weeks of training camp week one week two i know these guys have been working with each other a little bit so i know they'll kind of mesh a little bit but once these pads get on we start hearing some pops i mean i'm ready to see what they're gonna do to that second team that second team offense out there or what they're gonna do when the lions roll in for this joint practice I, i i'm excited because i think that we put such a focus on them this offseason as well. Shipping out people, shipping in people, draft picks, trading players, picking up new coaches, bringing in veteran coaches who've worked with other coaches to kind of make it all mesh into one thing. I'm excited to see what all these guys are going to bring to this table. And I would have to think that DeForest and and um, Quiddy Pay and Grove are excited to see somebody like Yannick in the building. You know, so I, I, I really think that they should all kind of work in unison together because they're not fighting for each other's position. They're fighting to make all each other better. Uh, it's not like a hatred thing, you know, where it's like, oh, Quiddy Pay is now going to get replaced by Yannick. No, he's on the outside to help him out. So I don't know. I'm just excited. I think they're going to have another challenging, but I think that if I had to pick a group, they're the ones I'm really looking forward to see the step up this, this uh, training camp. Well said, man. I don't think there's a wrong answer here. Yeah. It's, you know, it's all love at the end of the day. But, yeah, I'm excited for basically every position group. But, you know, we had that question. We had to break it down. Break sure. it down to itty-bitty pieces. Well, that's going to wrap it up, everybody. I want to thank everyone for tuning into the Colts cast. We release episodes every Monday and Friday morning. Go ahead and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any platform you use to listen to podcasts. We'll be back on Friday to give you some more Indianapolis Colts content. Take care, everyone. Peace.